0: Welcome to Random Questions, the show that turns interviews on their head. I'm Eric Johnson, and who the hell are you?
1: Well, I'm Georgia Wells.
0: Just Georgia Wells? Is that who you are?
1: Yes, George, just Georgia Wells. I'm a journalist.
0: <laughs> yeah, we uh, we were in J school together, and now uh, we live shockingly close, but never ever see each other. Pretty much ever.
1: <laughs> I think that might be intentional, but I hope not.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> not my fault. Phew. So if this is your first time listening to random questions, here's how it works. Neither Georgia nor I have any idea what we're going to talk about today. I have a list of 360 questions here, and every time I hit this button, we'll get a new one at random. You can submit your questions for future guests at randomquestions.xyz. Now here comes the first question. Georgia, what was your first computer?
1: My first computer... When I was in high school, getting ready to go to college, Apple had recently released the PowerBook G4 laptop.
0: Is that one of the ones that was like rainbow colored? Kind of, kind of like.
1: No, 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 no. I would not buy a rainbow. No, this was silver. (laughs) Silver. Yeah, it was eleven inches, and kind of like iPhone fours now. When I look at it, it's really cute. Like it looks like a toy. Yeah. At the time, people were really obsessed with let's make them little because we can but the problem with an 11 inch laptop at the time was the space around the screen from where the screen stopped and the edge of the computer right when it was about an inch so in reality the screen <laughs> was like you cut off an inch on every single side it was a very little screen
0: it was quote-unquote 11 inches screen but it was actually much smaller than yeah, that you
1: maybe like seven inches, eight inches, wow. nine inches. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but it was really small.
0: <laughs> when I was in college, I had a little micro laptop that was, I think, I think like diagonally like nine inch screen, something like that. And uh, yeah, as as a uh, as a teenager who's uh, just starting in college, it's kind of emasculating to have someone go, "Oh, how cute your computer!" <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you're like, "But I can put it in my pocket."
0: Yeah, and now I couldn't do that. It was it was st- no, it was still at the time it was still laptops were still so thick so it was kind of uh still a thick computer but the actual like size of the screen it, it, it stood out for how tiny it was it was a
1: very little brick
0: yes pretty much
1: yeah no the, and the bad part was the keyboards at that size become very dysfunctional
0: yeah because because it's so cramped you mean yeah 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 awkward so did you did you like that computer or
1: i did like the computer i was incredibly protective of the computer which is funny because now the computer's worth nothing but at the time, like, if I was in the library working on it and I had to go to the bathroom, I wouldn't ask the person sitting next to me to watch it. Oh, no. Because be they trusted. might, trusted. Yeah, they, absolutely. They could steal it. So I'd made a point of going to someone two tables over to ask if they could watch it. Because oh. then I figured I had that person sitting next with to me who I probably had built up some sort of goodwill and the person two tables over, and then they were watching each other.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wait, you asked both of them or you only asked the I second person? I only asked
1: the second person because I figured... It went without saying that the person sitting next to me should stop the second person if they try and steal it.
0: You'd have to word that very carefully, I would think. So it's not it's basically not to say, like, hey, keep an eye on this person at my table so they don't walk off because I think they're a thief. You know?
1: But that's kind of what I was saying. I, I know. Think, I feel a little guilty about it now. <laughs> like, these were my classmates.
0: <laughs> these were, I mean, they were expensive. So it kind of, it makes sense. And if it it's the first one you own, you're protective of it. I get that. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. But in Palo Alto, I was like, I'm sure someone wants to steal it. I'm sure.
0: Mm, but you're not really losing any sleep over the no. possibility. Right? No. All right. Here comes the next question. Do you think the internet has made you more or less social?
1: Oh. Um, that's a hard one. I think... I think I'm much better at staying in contact with a broad network of friends with whom it would be horrifically awkward. It would be too awkward for me to call them up once every five years and be like, Hey, I have no idea what's happening to you, but <laughs> tell me, what have you been doing for five years? Yeah. Where on Facebook, I have friends who I can comment and say, Whoa, you were in Palo Alto and you didn't call me up? I feel hurt. Now you owe me. Now we have to go get coffee. So you're, you're, you're
0: guilt here. trip the people the other way around. Exactly.
1: <laughs> right? It's a great driver of action.
0: I mean, like, that's, that's the thing with, with, online connections right with quote-unquote friendships you know on on Facebook is there's people I'm friends with who I see their name and I honestly could not tell you anything about them like I'm sure I added them you know in high school or in freshman year of college or something like that just never unfriended them and I I don't know I'm not sure if that's a bad thing necessarily like I I kind of like having some random people mixed in there you know
1: I I also think that that like your random people mixed in there, you actually have stuff in common with that you're not aware of now. Yeah, and a lot of our friendships are built on what we have in common with people, and so if you see a f- random friend from middle school who now is also really into Star Wars, you can be like, "Whoa, wait, wait, wait! Chewbacca's your favorite character?" And like, you might not have talked with them otherwise. Yeah, I also I have written a lot about dating apps. And I think the internet has done a phenomenal job at introducing us to the amazing people who live just outside of our social networks that we wouldn't have found already. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not going to be someone who... Like, I don't make friends in the grocery line, even if someone is reading a book that I thought was an amazing book.
0: You would never go up to a stranger and say like, hey, good choice, buddy.
1: Right. And and there are people who do that, and I applaud them. And, And more of us should be like that. But... Unless we all get personality fixes really quickly <laughs> Tinder okay Cupid match.com yeah they're our friends
0: I I've, I've avoided tinder I kind of like feel like there's a stigma or sort of a I don't know I'm, I'm single at the moment at the time of this recording anyway and I feel like I uh, I'm in that with that phase where I'm like looking for a relationship and Tinder I still think of as being like the hookup app and i know there's people who say no 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 it's not that at all it's not that at all i just can never get over the hump and like actually take their word for it and, and dive into that pool so i like start to like Cupid and other more like relationshipy apps you know
1: uh, it's interesting because on tinder you're going off of their face like that's what you're deciding on right and so i, th- I think it's really crass to swipe yes or no based on one mugshot and on OkCupid okay or Coffee Meets Bagel, these other sites that tell you more about the person, mm-hmm. it's possible that would the photo might still be something that I or someone else would find most informative. But there's this pretense. In the very least, it's a pretense of knowing more about the person.
0: Right. You, you have a little bit of extra info, something else to go on other than just your your book by its cover. Yeah, sort of, sort of exactly. Mentality. So the big question is, have you ever used uh, these apps?
1: I used okay Cupid. Uh, several years ago, and and I met several guys who were amazing, yeah, and who who I didn't end up dating. De- like there wasn't chemistry, there wasn't a spark, but but it made me very at the time I needed some encouragement that there were other yeah. amazing people in the world, and it gave me that.
0: So it's it's sort of even though the apps didn't quote unquote work for you, didn't find your soulmate or anything. There was still great value in finding a stranger exactly. with a common interest or a common whatever. Who
1: was a really good person. Yeah. Because it was a t- like, breakups can be a time of like, oh, the universe is full of horrible people. Mm-hmm. Which there are a couple.
0: <laughs> Some of whom are running for president, yep. <laughs> Assholes.
1: But like going on OkCupid and seeing and like having a really fun evening with a guy who is a really nice guy and... I don't. I just like wasn't that into him, and he wasn't that into me. But like, he was a really nice person. Was what gave me at the time what I needed to be like, okay, okay, I can I can stay in the game. Like, right. Like people don't totally suck. Just a couple of them.
0: <laughs> I uh, I sometimes wonder about like you think back to you know maybe your parents more like their grandparents' generation like where they would meet someone and potentially get married and have kids before they turn 20. Like, that was not out oh of the goodness. question for, for a, a significant number of people in that generation. And that just, like, scares the hell out of me of just, like, what on earth? Like, you know, it it feels so alien compared compared to how we, at least the way I think about relationships, and I think our generation generally does, yeah. you know?
1: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but But that also, though, assumes that your happiness will be more dictated on finding like the perfect person right. than than like your your ability and your partner's ability to like like fight in constructive ways or mature as a relationship. And so like there is I, I totally know what you mean. There is our generation has an obsession with there's so many amazing people. You must find that perfect person. There's
0: too many fish in the sea. As, yeah. As, yeah. So the...
1: don't settle. But on the <laughs> other hand, it's like, well, learn to be in relationships and learn to appreciate exactly.
0: people. Yeah. There, there, there's, there's, some, there's some value to that. And so it's, yeah, that, that keeps me up sometimes. Because
1: <laughs> happiness in relationships has not increased that much.
0: Right. And I think, I wonder if especially knowing, maybe knowing more... That there is a gigantic pool of, of single people out there at all times on these apps. Like, oh. I, I wonder if that increases for some people the, the sense of, you know, opportunity or of, you know, oh, well, there's an option if I'm in, in any way a little bit dissatisfied with this relationship. You know, if I, if I'd, instead of trying to make it work, of just like, well, you know, there, there, there's so many more options out there, you know?
1: In the dating app world, people often refer to this study that I'm going to totally butcher, but bear with me. Okay. It was a study of, satisfaction with artwork
0: with, have you heard with, this study no but this is actual literal artwork Literally people artwork, evaluating yes. paintings and things like that
1: well no so I would give you an option to choose one of two paintings that you could have and keep in your home Okay. and you make a decision and you take one painting home and six months later or a period of time later we can go back and say Eric like, how do you feel about this painting did, did you make the right choice right And overwhelmingly, when people chose one of the paintings, they were like, yes, I I made that decision. I made the right choice. With some of the participants, they came back and said, oh, you know what? The other person with the other painting got rid of it. So if you want it, you can switch. Do you want to switch your painting right now? Um. But you need to tell me, yes or no, yes or no. And when people were given that option, regardless of whether they chose to switch... People started doubting themselves and didn't value whichever painting they chose to stay with as much as they had the first time.
0: When they have the option to switch, they they doubt their own instincts or their own judgment. Yeah. Huh. Right? That's terrifying. It
1: it is terrifying. (laughs) When we are in this world where if we're going to say people equal paintings, there are many paintings at the local bar that you can switch with whenever you want. Right. I'm like, uh uh-oh.
0: Although, on the other hand, you know... Your relationship with the Mona Lisa is very one sided. There's not really a good conversation to to be developed there. I... <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it, that study is really more evaluating the the book by its cover.
1: Mm. Yeah. So Mona Lisa's not reciprocating very much. Right. But, but, but you know, there's
0: there's still something there. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. All right. All right. Here comes the next question. Excellent. Huh. I warned you this was a possible question. What was your first kiss like?
1: Oh no. Oh, this is awkward.
0: One in 360 chance.
1: So, I'm not the only nerd who went to Stanford, right? Right. Right. Pretty sure. Yeah. So, I don't know what the statistics are, but I was an 18-year-old who hadn't ever kissed someone before. It happens. Yeah. No shame. Yeah. And so, at Stanford, the first full moon of your freshman year, they have full moon on the quad.
0: Now, I have heard about this, but I never attended because I only came here as a grad student. So why don't you explain, I think I know what this is, but why don't you explain what Full Moon on the Quad is? This
1: is an annual celebration, I think, that there's only demand for it at a school where the students are on the less socially qualified side. And so this tradition started back in the days of yore, where Stanford freshmen would line up on one side of the main quad in the center of campus, and Stanford Seniors would line up on the other side of the main quad in campus, and they would come forward. When they reached each other, legend has it that they kissed whoever happened to be standing right across from them at that moment. Uh But I don't know, but it's possible... They just exchanged a flower or something. It seems very risque for whatever...
0: The 20s or something like that. When,
1: it, when rumor has it that this tradition started. But honestly, rumors are the best part about tradition. It doesn't matter how it actually started.
0: <laughs> Pilgrim, Squanto, good enough. Let's eat. <laughs> exactly.
1: And so, but this tradition has continued. And now, still today... Every first full moon of the Stanford Quarter, so it usually happens sometime in late September, maybe early October, all of the freshmen who arrived at Stanford who had a depressingly little amount of sexual experience, you will know, suddenly have one more base under their belts, and they hire bands. For this event. And like, like
0: to play while people are standing there? Yes. Or? Okay.
1: Anything to take off the edge of this okay. supreme awkwardness. So no, they, I, get, I get
0: that. I get yeah. that. They're but there's no alcohol <laughs>
1: served at the event. It's... Um, the event happens at midnight. So people tend to, like, in their houses, partake in some um, drinking to take off the edge. Then everyone gathers in the quad at, like, 11.50 p.m. And then they have tables that are serving Listerine mouthwash <laughs> because it's going to be sanitary if Stanford students are doing it. Oh yeah. And the Vaden Health Center also has a table set up about the different um, diseases you can get from kissing people <clears throat> so, to try and...
0: KTDs, kissing transmitted diseases. Exactly. I mean,
1: it's like really a last uh, gasp effort at trying to tell these Stanford frosh not to do something stupid because like I never heard someone say freshman year man that person's really cute but heavens I don't want to get a disease and so the really great part about this event is when the clock strikes midnight tradition has it you have to kiss someone right that's what tradition says right so you can go stand near a crush and then you just have to kiss them. Just
0: happen to be here. Oh, man. Really? Who would have thought we'd be standing right here next to each yeah, other? Yeah, the clock
1: know? is striking. I have to. Yeah. So I very strategically positioned myself near a strapping young man who I had had a crush on, who had a crush on me when I had a, like, oh, yes, crush on him. But, and then I got to kiss him, and I thought that this would lead to... Doesn't that mean we're, like, going steady suddenly? Oh, yeah, obviously. Clearly, we kissed. Like, duh. Like
0: That's That's in the movies. I mean, one kiss and then it's done.
1: Like, I was going to be, like, married to him before the end of undergrad. Something like that. And he treated it like, oh, yeah, we kissed at full moon on the quad because that's what you're supposed to do there. That's all. And I was very sad.
0: Ooh. I know.
1: Can you believe it?
0: (laughs) What a jerk.
1: What a jerk. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now, this was a senior and you were a freshman? No,
1: well, this was also a freshman. Okay. But but so I was standing between shrugging and being like, oh, but it's midnight. We have to kiss. So right. So that's where people use it to their own end. Um, also, people from the hippie houses always come to the part of this event also wearing just full body paint. So it was a night of many firsts for me. Wait, like, so
0: it's so meaning no clothes except for what they painted over. Exactly.
1: Okay. So I also got to see that. And I got to see lots of, what's the word, um, like, touchingly timid freshmen. And honestly, students of all grades come to the party now. Right. Um, partaking in many of their first kisses. <laughs> so That's sweet. Yeah, it's like a school-sanctioned developmental milestone that now everyone has.
0: That's very sweet, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I had heard about that as a grad student, but obviously that was not something that was like, you know, culturally like, okay, for grad students to really be, you know, going to that. That seems very much of a freshman activity.
1: At the (laughs) event, you often can see people who look strikingly older than undergraduate students (laughs) standing around the edges, and it's always like, okay, I get it's a funny event to watch, but then I'm like, ooh, that, that...
0: Kind of sad. Yeah, they
1: definitely (laughs) need to find playmates their own age. Yeah.
0: All right, here comes the next question. I think this was written by Vignesh Ramachandran, our mutual friend. What's your favorite episode of Friends?
1: Ooh. So, I believe one of the early episodes has a scene where Ross... And Monica Ross and Monica were married, right?
0: Now, Ross no, Ross and Monica are brother and sister.
1: Oh, oh, that would be very bad. Who was Ross married to?
0: Ross was married to Carol, who was lesbian.
1: Yes. So, I I vividly recall an episode that I could be making up because because the mind works like that, but I believe he was invited to Carol, uh, she was he was married to Carol and she suggested they do a threesome. Yeah, that's a real with, episode. <laughs> good. With her friend from the gym?
0: Oh, well, so you're thinking that, okay, I know what you're talking about. There's an episode where it's like a quote-unquote flashback episode where it's like a couple years before the events of season one happen, and season one starts with Ross finding out that his wife is gay. And so this is like a flashback, and it's like dramatic irony because he's talking about how, you know, oh, man, you know, she seems to be spending a lot of time at the gym, but she's making friends, that's great, you know, marriage is going really well. And then, you know, and he's so excited that his wife wants to have a threesome.
1: And then don't they kick him out of bed? Yeah,
0: he, yeah. he watches. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So that, that I mean, what a great cultural commentary on like, oh, men, if you want to have a threesome? It can go both ways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although, have you have you tried rewatching Friends like recently? No. I actually did like when it came to Netflix like a year or two ago, and it's shocking. Like, obviously, it was it was progressive in certain ways. Very much so for its time. But it's also really homophobic at times in ways that, really? like, have not aged well at all. Like, especially, um, there's some stuff with Ross and Carol with the fact that the audience is, like, cracking up whenever Ross just says the word lesbian kind of in a not totally cool way. Mm-hmm. But then especially Chandler Bing, who's, like, terrified of being thought of as gay because his dad is a, uh, I think, a transgender or transsexual person. And, like, you know, then he has this kind of this whole fear of being being, you know, called gay or anything like that and a lot of those jokes have not aged very well.
1: What's so interesting is I vividly remember watching Friends and thinking it was a very funny show, and I also think of myself as being not homophobic in the like I I usually think there's not as like not at all. Like yeah. so not homophobic and that I didn't remember the show being homophobic at all, of course, is a little scary to me, right? Like,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's the whole thing, though. I mean, that's like the blindness we put up. We're both straight people. I'm yeah. pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so I, uh, you know, when you when you are in a position where you're not, you know, under attack or under criticism or anything like that, you're able to just sort of ignore. Stuff like that, you know. I mean, it's mm-hmm. something that I've had to come to terms with as the, uh, the the winner of the social lottery as a straight white man in America. But you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but... you know, it's 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 something that doesn't necessarily connect immediately,
1: right? But and now when I'm watching TV, I'll notice things that I wouldn't have noticed back, you know, several years ago. It's like I'll notice someone being offended at people thinking he or she is gay. And it's like, oh, but what's the problem with being gay? Right. And that I might not have noticed that several years ago.
0: Exactly. Well, it's kind of like when um, when uh, President Obama was running, the first time he was running 2008, where there were all these people who were saying, well, he's a Muslim, he's a Muslim, and that took uh, Colin Powell, the, who was Bush's, uh, I guess, what, secretary of state, he went on TV and said, like, what if he were? He's not, but what if he were? You know, which, which was like the ultimate, like, Trump card of just, like well so to speak trump card I, that was uh. not not intentional uh which which was the ultimate whammy of just like that's a damn good question Colin. <laughs> good for him yeah you know I, that that i got a lot of respect for him after that mm-hmm. um and actually i just recently had a thing similar to the, the friends homophobic thing recently did you ever listen to like uh weirdo yankovic
1: i i mean i have listened to many of his songs but not
0: the, the, Regularly There was I mean This is like a He was a big part of my childhood I mean huge huge thing I think every 13 year old boy Especially is kind of Like at some point Goes through a, a weird phase And uh, he has a song Where he's talking about It's super dated song he's like Rapping about TiVo But he's saying like I watched one episode Of Will and Grace And I wish it hadn't Because my TiVo Now thinks I'm gay and when I was thirteen, that was like the funniest song. And then I was, I, it came up randomly on iTunes recently on my shuffle because obviously I still have all of his songs. Natural. Of course. And I was just like, "Oh, that's a problematic lyric." Wow. <laughs> and
1: know. also because he's a liberal guy.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you can totally like be a liberal, well-meaning person. I mean, that's the whole thing. Is like. Yeah. We didn't think of ourselves as homophobes, but right. there's, we probably both laughed uproariously at a lot of the stuff that Chandler Bing says on Friends, you know.
1: Right. You know. Totally.
0: All right. Here comes the next question. In the U.S., tipping waiters is the norm, but other countries think we're crazy. What do you think of this debate? Tipping or no tipping?
1: No tipping. No, no tipping. Absolutely no really? tipping. Really? Because it means that what, these employees are not valuable enough that the proprietor has to pay them? Yeah. Like like why is their wage dependent on whether or not they did a good job when the chef is gonna be paid regardless. And often when people justify leaving a low tip, it usually doesn't have to do with service.
0: It has to do with like the quality of the food or with the ambiance. No,
1: the burger was overcooked. That was not medium rare. But the waitress or waiter didn't cook the burger. Right. I also saw an article recently, and I believe there's debate about this, that tipping originated in the South following the Civil War when certain business owners didn't want to pay black help as much as white help.
0: That is really interesting. And
1: so it was, I guess the... The health is the wrong word for that. I should have said like black or white waiters or bartenders. But or they might not have even been employees. Industry. They might
0: have been like equivalent of sharecroppers or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: And so, just leave it to the you know good hearts of the customers.
0: Hmm. Mm-mm. Yeah. So it's it's sort of like I mean, I guess the the what I always come down to in this is that does not tipping send the right signal. To the business owner,
1: oh, right? Oh, oh, I see. So I would rather we lived in a world with no tipping. Right. However, but when I go trip. to bars and restaurants, I tip 20% always. That,
0: that's what's... Yeah, yeah. like Sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I,
0: I kind of feel like there are people, though, who do, like, on principle, like, refuse to tip. And I just, like, really, like, have a beef with those people, oh, you know?
1: totally. That... In the meantime, I won't punish a waiter or waitress for working for a restaurant that doesn't have a no-tipping policy. However, if a restaurant opened in Palo Alto, Mm -hmm. there aren't any that I'm aware of that do no-tipping. But I've seen stories in New York of restaurants opening with no-tipping policies. Right. I would proactively go to that restaurant.
0: To support kind of the restaurant embracing that that This concept that
1: that the owner pays the waiters and waitresses a living wage – and that their pay is not going to be contingent upon whether I'm having a good or bad night. For me, it's not having – it doesn't rely on that. But there are people where their wages will rely on whether or not the person's in a good mood.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's you know, It kind of – yeah, I think I'm in the same, same boat. I think if such a place existed, I would definitely check it out and I'd want to support it. I'm not sure if I would go to quite to the extreme of like going there – Primarily because of that, like the food would have to be mm, good. There, would sure. be like there'd be more to recommend it than, mm. than just. Well,
1: <laughs> so I'm very much also invested in the idea of certain types of work when women do it, it's undervalued. Yeah, and so there was this great study about teaching wages. The wages for teachers before World War II, teaching was not a um, particularly female profession. Okay, and teachers got. Decent wages. Then during World War II, all the young men go to war.
0: So the women take their jobs. Women
1: take their jobs. And across the board at the time, the women were paid less than the men were. And it was justified in all these twisted ways. Yeah. And then when the men came back, there was a campaign to get women to go back to the home. Right. And when men got their jobs back, they got their real salaries back. But teaching was one of the very few professions that didn't return to being male Dominated, and the wages never recovered. Really? Yes. Wow. Put that in your pipe and smoke it.
0: <laughs> so, so it's like it was used as an excuse, or or it was. I don't know. I don't know if you can say. Maybe I'm overstating that point, but there, there, there was some connection there between the the lack of change to the gender ratio in yeah. teachers, and like,
1: exactly. Like I think it, I bring it back to just when women can, like when. The industry became a very female-dominated industry. The perceived value or the extent to which people wanted to pay for it just never recovered.
0: Wow. Huh. Right? I was listening to a thing. I thought you were getting to um, with uh, – I was listening to a podcast recently. I think it was Planet Money where they're talking about similar thing during World War II. Women took all the, the men's jobs, men who had left to go fight. And that, that's why we have the makeup industry. Is because no, really? that that arose out of the uh, need to reinforce the idea that you need to make yourself distinct from men. You need to have the sense of femininity. So buy the stuff to put on your face. Was so this
1: during the war? I
0: think it started during oh, the war, so but then it like kicked into hyperdrive when the men came back. So it's like you want to make sure that you're not too butch for your man or anything like that. You know, lest you,
1: you put on some weight while he was away.
0: It, it, anything or, or put on some muscle or, or muscle. You know, even worse. Yeah, you know, it was, it was fascinating about how all this. I mean, it's gigantic industry popped up out of the war. Like,
1: I don't even consider myself a makeup person, and I'm suddenly paying for Ipsy, this $10 a month Mm. tech subscription thing where I get makeup in the mail. I've heard about that, yeah. And I think it's genius, and I think it's really fun, but I'm just surprised that, like, it became something I was willing and happy and looked forward to spending $10 a month on when there aren't that many things that I... proactively spend ten dollars a month on and i don't even consider myself like a really makeup girl right like other people spend significant amounts
0: of money people spend hundreds of dollars yeah it's it's crazy yeah here comes the next question excellent georgia do you practice random acts of kindness
1: no and i feel awkward saying that
0: Well, thank you for being honest.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't proactively think very often of, oh, I should do something nice now because I think, like, I try pretty hard to be very, like, honest and kind in my overall interactions and... Like adding a little like cherry on top feels to me to be, um, to Pollyanna, <laughs> yeah, and and that's not to like criticize anyone who does. I also feel very guilty that whenever someone brings me a present, like whether like they pick me up a pastry or something, my first instinct is usually, What do you want? <laughs> and I think I spent too too many years in New York. I only spent two years in New York. <laughs> Everyone's looking out for
0: number one there. <laughs> yeah.
1: But but whenever someone does something like that, I'm like, what's the catch? What's the catch?
0: <laughs>
1: and and I feel guilty for thinking that. But
0: But you're also not gonna stop thinking that, so <laughs> No.
1: But instead of like I would much like I feel more comfortable when it's like let's treat each other with kindness and and that's expected and it's the norm and no one should be rewarded for that either.
0: Right. Well, that's, that's good. That's Do you? Good. No. I also feel like I maybe should. I don't know. Like I I think I'm in pretty much the same boat. Um, I guess the closest thing is like if someone is like very obviously in need of help, like if someone looks lost or if they've tripped and fallen, then I mean that's the sort of thing where I can like I make myself take action on that. But in terms of just like completely random acts of kindness of just like um I think the closest thing I do to that is I do like to say nice things behind people's backs. Like I like to basically mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, you know, if I'm talking to like one of my bosses or whatever, I'll say nice things about a coworker and won't be like telling the coworker that I said those nice things. I'll just be like, "Hey, you know, this person did a really awesome job." Or um that's a very very like weak form of kindness i mean it's it's just words you know words are cheap but you know it's 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 that's i guess the closest i get to uh what i would think of as like the good samaritan sort of of act
1: no but i also think that that would like that i would appreciate hearing that about or some random coworker also because it makes me like um feel more comfortable that then when you're talking about me to someone else that you won't Be bad-mouthing me.
0: I mean, I also gossip about people, and sometimes I say bad bad things about people behind their backs.
1: We all do. It's delicious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But...
0: I mean, I'm not not trying to paint a a, a singular picture of me here. (laughs) But to, like,
1: throw in the good and the bad. Yeah. Yeah. Good Samaritan stuff, I agree. I think that's a different category. Yeah. And I do... I try to, you know... If I see a lost dog poster, I will keep my eyes peeled for that lost dog. Really?
0: See, I don't even go that far. I think that's, like, a lot of work. <laughs>
1: oh, no. My sister once found a lost cat. And really? when she called the owner, the owner came over and was sobbing. She was so happy. Aww. It was, like, the cutest, most, like, heartwarming thing I'd seen in a while.
0: Maybe, maybe I'll start doing that. Yeah. That sounds very yeah. sweet. <laughs> All right. Here comes the last question. Excellent. How long does it take you to get ready before a night out?
1: Oh, five minutes.
0: Five minutes, well, flat. You got it down to well, science?
1: No, no. Maybe it takes longer. It is the type of thing that can fill, expand to fill whatever amount of time I have left. Mm-hmm. And so, if I must be ready in ten minutes, I can be ready in ten minutes. I swear. Yeah. But if I start like getting dressed and. Maybe finding some makeup before I'm meant to be going out, and I have an hour. Then invariably, I may need to try on another pair of jeans and try on a different pair of shoes because blue and blue—those do- no, ones don't work together.
0: You have the luxury of time, and much the same way that someone on a dating app has the luxury of choice. Exactly,
1: <laughs> but but it's also like it's not totally about like making myself up for the people I'm going to meet. Like it's also like. Like, I also have fun. Like, it's yeah. like a me time. It's like, oh, like, those are cute shoes. I've forgotten about them. I'm like, <laughs> oh, there they are.
0: <laughs> One of the questions you did not get that's somewhere in this database is how many pairs of shoes do you own? And that, that's something uh, that I feel like has so a... So the
1: closet right there, it's like six feet long and four yeah. feet wide. Maybe it's like three feet deep. There's shoes on every inch of the ground. And then there's some boxes underneath those shoes.
0: So it's so a ballpark. How many pairs of shoes I is that? I think
1: I counted earlier this year and it was in the mid-20s maybe. Holy shit. <laughs> that's not that many, Eric.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm a guy. I'm biased. I, I have a, I have a very different attitude towards well, shoes.
1: So, and My mom and sister also pull this trick where their feet are slightly bigger than mine. So whenever they buy a pair of shoes that's too small and they realize it's not going to work, Send it to you? They realize, and not only do they send it to me, they send it to me for Christmas.
0: Ah, the yes. ultimate regift.
1: Mm-hmm. Shoes that they've already
0: worn. And <laughs> I bought those for want. myself, but... <laughs>
1: but, but I'm sure they're going to look great on you.
0: <laughs> Think of it as a random act of kindness. Exactly. You know?
1: <laughs> not good Samaritan. <laughs>
0: Cool. Well, Georgia, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for doing Excellent. this. And thank
1: you, Eric. What a fun idea.
0: Yeah. So that's all the random questions we have time for today. Remember to visit randomquestions.xyz to submit your own random questions. And Georgia, you should definitely do that. I would love to hear whatever whatever questions you can think of. Uh, randomquestions.xyz. That, that, that is Well you.
1: I will submit one. It, right. Maybe Oreo versus Hydrox. You'll see. Yes. Yeah. And submit
0: more than one, though. You've already, you already tipped your hand on that one. Feel yeah. free to submit okay. as many as you want. This is. Uh, actually when I started doing this it's like a lot of fun once you get going if you're like kind of just sitting down and you're trying to think of questions you can sometimes get like on a creative tear like there was there were times where I'd write like a hundred questions in a row
1: hundred uh,
0: maybe not 100 maybe, maybe like
1: 50. oh my goodness okay but anyway
0: uh, so uh, let's see before we go let's see you can follow me on Twitter at hey hey at Georgia work people find you online
1: on Twitter at at Georgia underscore wells.
0: And uh, you can follow this show, Random Questions, on Twitter at randoqs. Rando, like short for random, and then qs, short for questions. That's the best I could do in terms of the usernames available. And also Facebook, facebook.com slash randoqs. Random Questions show music is by Red Eyes and licensed under Creative Commons. For more, visit randomquestions.xyz. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you.